Okay, folks. You know, when things happen, things happen. Um, I was on one device. That device did not work. So now I'm on another device. Why? Because that is how life is. Um, life is, you know. You done. You do one thing, and you you have a whole nother thing happen. So we are here right now. We are live, even though I had to go on another device which was not what I was looking forward to. And there is Michael O'Neill Jr. Yeah, let's do that. We got some business to take care of first. Oh, goodness. It's going to be one of those beautiful days. I'm claiming it's going to be a beautiful day. Um, it's going to be great. Yes. Our land acknowledgement. We at Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish people, both past and present, and we honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. We acknowledge that we are on land that is stolen from the traditional home of the Coast Sahelish people. The Duwamish ancestors were killed, brutalized, and stripped of their humanity. We lift up their work, we hold their pain and their joy, as we honor them with our work today. Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas understands that we come from enslaved African people that endure countless acts of torture and humiliation both during and after the Middle Passage, and we are still feeling the effects of that today. We bring into this space the thousands of Africans that did not make it to see this land. The work we do today is on the backs and shoulders of the original people of this land and our ancestors who now guide us. We sit in the space to honor African people, their descendants, and to give back to the original people of this land. To our ancestors, we thank you, we see you, we invite you into this space so we can lift up your names and honor you with our work. Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas is a nonprofit organization solely dedicated to presenting emerging Black arts, artists, and ideas in the Seattle area. We believe in the value of community, creativity, identity, and passion. These values serve as our strategic frame and guide our day-to-day -day operations and program decisions. A mouthful. Um, hi, everybody who's joining us. I'd like to welcome Michael O'Neill Jr., or some of you know this human being as Majin. Um, and it will probably be rare that I ever call this person Majin, so if I don't, that don't mean that y'all don't have to call him Majin. Um, I'm just saying, and I don't know what he's doing right now. <laughs> Getting a hair tie. <laughs> wow. Wow. I don't like how my hair is looking on camera right now. <laughs> um, this is a, this is uh I don't know. It's, it's weird because we see each other every week. Mm -hmm. Um, we work really close together. Um, so it's also kind of weird. Cause I'm like, what do I ask you? <laughs> Uh, what do we talk about? That's it. But I'm going to start off with your uh, Black Love Looks Like statement. Mm -hmm. Your statement reads, let me read it from here. Black love looks like finding peace in yourself, knowing you don't have to conform to fit a box someone else created, for, created of Black love or Blackness. 
loving all of yourself, self-acceptance, being okay with what makes you different from your partner or partners, anything a black person wants and needs it to look like. Let me read that part again. It's being okay with what makes you different from your partners and anything a black person wants and needs it to look like. Um, we know blackness is not in a box. Um, well, some of us know that. Maybe others of us don't. I don't know. Um, so when creating that statement, what was going through your head? Hmm. That's hard because it's it was from a while ago. Um, I know. But I, ooh, when was it from? Or should I, I say, what does it what does it look like today? I mean, I would say today it's still around the same, um, mm -hmm. especially just the end of it's whatever we need it to look like, um, right? Because, like you said, it's black people in general, um, and blackness is not in one box. Mm -hmm. um, and as we both know, both of us feel that way. Um, and I think that's like the biggest part of that statement at the time and still right. now. Um, it's just that for myself and for everybody, it should just be whatever it we need it to be. That's that's what it is. Um, right. And it's like life is just ever changing. Um, yeah. Blackness is ever changing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what are you bringing into the space today and who are you bringing into the space today? Ooh, bringing in a little bit of nervousness. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, like you said earlier, it's like we see each other and talk all the time, but now it's I like guess. in this capacity, which is different. Um, but yeah, just trying to bring my whole self. Um, yeah, I was actually like writing about myself earlier um for a post that i'm gonna make tomorrow uh just for like followers and things um so yeah just bringing in my whole self and those that have helped me get to this point uh and tacoma because 253 all day little plug etc tacoma go cop their clothes black owned you know <laughs> gotta support um I was I was going to talk about Tacoma. You grew up in Tacoma. Um, what was that like as a child? Um, it was different experiences because I moved around a lot for mm -hmm. the majority um, until middle school. Um, then I kind of like settled for the most part. But it was very, it was good. Um, a lot of people less now but looked at Tacoma as very ghetto um, right. partly because of violence but I think also a big reason is because Tacoma is very diverse in the ethnicities that are in Tacoma um, living in Tacoma and living in Seattle are very different mm -hmm. because people of color are very very spread out in Seattle um, whereas in Tacoma you're seeing people of color, black people all the time. Um, right. So it was, I loved it because of the diversity. Um, right.
and the group of friends that I made and still have, um, and everything not being so crowded. Um, it's Tacoma's real chill. <laughs> like <laughs> it's chill. Um, it's beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I always miss it. Um, yes. but it was a very good experience. Um, growing up in Tacoma for sure. Awesome. Um, someone did ask for the link of the store. Um, so. Yes. Oh, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to say, uh, you mentioned something about violence, and I think a lot of times, you know me, I'm just going to get right to the point. Uh, when people look at areas that are diverse, we break that down. When people look at violence, they look at Black people being violent. Yep. Um, and so that that's the thing that we consistently go through. Someone um, brought up today, like, tell me about Detroit and what was it like um, growing up in Detroit? And, and what I told him, I was like, the Detroit people are dope. Like, no matter what you hear, what you see, like, you're going to find some of the most dopest folks in Detroit in that area. Um, and again, we just hear about the violence and we equate violence to blackness hands down, but we don't equate violence to whiteness and colonization is violence. Like we know all of those things are extremely violent. The school system is violent. The the prison system is violent. The uh, capitalism is violent, but we don't call it that because it's more so controlled by white folks. Y'all know me. I'm just going to throw that <laughs> out there. Like when we start talking about violence, let's actually talk about what's truly violent. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we'll move on from there. I just wanted to throw <laughs> that little plug in there. Uh, you are, you grew up in Tacoma. You moved around. You began dancing at what age and what drew, what drew you into, especially like social dancing and, and club and street style dancing? Mm -hmm. um, I started dancing at 14, I believe. Um, so it was my freshman year of high school um towards i think we did semesters in high school um the like it was the second half of like my freshman year um and i had two older cousins um one of them used to be on the dance team he like just graduated as i was coming into high school um and his little brother who was a year older than me um mm -hmm. we went to the same high school uh and I really didn't just like want to go home after school. It was boring. Um, yeah, I was like, no, I need something to do. So both of them were just like, join the dance team. Right. Um, so I had my older cousin Marcus teach me a little something um, so that I could audition. Uh, and then I got on. Um, and then I started with choreography um, because I could pick up things really fast. Um, mm -hmm. And then one of my friends, JC, uh, ended up teaching me about breaking and breaking culture. Um, and that's where I would say the passion for street and club styles really started. Because um, okay. choreography, I liked it and it brought out expression to me that I couldn't really do because I was shy um, and still shy, but I was a whole, whole different level back then. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that started to make me fall in love with the culture of how it's supposed to be very, um, open to others and very welcoming for others and 
in a way a safer space um and so i started breaking uh then i started getting into popping a little bit all while still doing choreography um mm -hmm. and then yeah once not long after i started dancing i was like yeah this is this is what i need and want mm -hmm. to do with my life um so i only applied to the university of washington because they had um, a dance program and started to do that i was doing choreo throughout um high school and college uh, mm -hmm. and getting into different street and club styles and then i got into house while working with amy o'neill in the cast of opposing forces um and then i met you uh and then yeah then it's just history with amy you circle of fire peeps and stuff with house right um yeah and so like thinking about like social dance and all of that we're going to get through the history of like especially you dub um but thinking of social dance what has changed from you beginning at 15 16 up until now Ooh, learning especially in the northwest area uh-huh um learning history and mm -hmm. teaching the history Mm -hmm. um, like I said, when I started, I started with choreography. Um, and I was very much so, I'm just going to teach you this choreography. I'm not going to give you like any background on moves, mostly because I also didn't know background. Right. Uh, um, but then as I continued to teach and continued learning for myself, it was like, no, I, it doesn't feel right to just teach this stuff and not give any type of background knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's how a lot of people start, but they don't end up making the choice to actually start teaching knowledge because some people may not want it, et cetera. Whereas for me, like, I can't separate the two because um, that's more, uh, what is the word? More erasure. erasure? Of, yeah, more erasure of the culture <laughs> right? Um, in the communities that these dance forms come from. Um, and yeah, we can't do it. It hurts the right. soul to just be like, this is this, we're not gonna go any deeper. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm like, let me just chill out and relax and just talk to you like we normally talk because I'm like <laughs> trying to be all like, I have these questions and I'm just like, uh, not interested <laughs> in those questions. Um, I'm interested in the questions, but in a different way. Uh -huh. So um, knowing you, um, for the years that I've known you, yes, you are very quiet, you are very shy, but you also have a lot to say, especially when things are not um, kosher, to say the least. Um, what has been some of your your battles inside of the street and dance and club world? Ooh. Um, literally battles. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I've been a part of the battle scene. Um, I do see the good in it, for sure. But a lot of it is very surface. Um, mm -hmm. And community and the way that people just throw around the word community. Like, we're around each other, so we're community. But that's it's not community because there's no actual, like, connection between people. Um, there's no 
checking people that are a part of your community to make sure others feel safe. Um, yeah, there's lots. There's lots. Um, I so mean, that's, yeah. So that was, that's one battle. Um, another is also finding finding where I wanted to fit um, in different scenes. Because um, mm -hmm. first coming in, like, my biggest goal was to branch um, like street and club styles and concert dance um, because I was going to start learning modern and ballet. And I was like, I want to bring these two worlds together because I'm not just one type of dancer um, any longer. Um, so that's always been a constant struggle of where I'm uh, putting my time right um and how to keep that balance um and as as the years went on it's become easier and it's more so where i'm like now i'm doing whatever styles i want to do and i'm performing them in concert settings um right. and it's all authentic to me um mm -hmm. and having me it's it's my space um right so, I think like there's there's a few things that like going into the battle scene, and I talk about this often. The idea of like blackface, and again, we don't like, we don't talk about those things. I'm not crying; people, my eyes are just watering. <laughs> um, we don't talk about like we see these these ideas of diversity. We see these ideas of like oh, a street club dance, especially in Seattle. But when we peel back the layers of blackface, we pull back the layers of anti-blackness in those spaces that people don't talk about. And again, there's disruption doesn't happen. Interruption does not happen. I see a lot of times in those spaces, especially cis black men um, are upheld and even black women, black women are not upheld. And a lot of these street and club dance styles are on the backs of the labor of black women, black trans women, uh, queer black people and things like that. So also just wanting to bring that into the space again is that it's it can be a really beautiful thing and it's also extremely problematic yep um and people are afraid to talk about the problems again upholding and, and holding on to like clout and power and then thinking about like i was just like you know, like i'm a i'm going to bridge the together these street mm -hmm. worlds and these ballet worlds and these modern worlds and inside of that was upholding white supremacy white standards of being um, because the concert stage is the place where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. And you learn this in your neighborhood, you learn this in your street, but it's nothing magical about that. Mm -hmm. But it becomes magical when white people or other people go to your neighborhood, strip you of your dance, of your culture, and then sell it back to you and put it um, in the, on, the, on the stage, the magical place, the concert stage, where you're supposed to get love and respect and clout, um, but they also want you to whitewash things down. Mm -hmm. um, you graduated from the University of Washington and you are teaching there. You are a mixed race, black, um, male body person. Uh, and that also in those settings, especially inside of whiteness, gives you a certain privilege. And now you're teaching there. What has that art been like? What has what has transpired inside of you 
to change what took place when you were a student there? Hmm. Hmm. A lot of discussion, for sure. Um, a lot of reflection, not just with myself, but with peers um, that had different experiences at the university um, in the same department because I'd say for the most part, because they were femme. Um, mm -hmm. Like back then, I definitely didn't recognize the male privilege for a lot of stuff. Um, like getting cast in like dances and things like that. Sometimes right. I did, but I was also like, I'm also working my ass off because I don't do these styles. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of discussion um, and listening to other people's stories uh, and then really like reflecting on my own experiences of being like, one, I'm only the few hip hop dancers that like became a major um because i was so open to like learning other styles mm -hmm. um but it's also because hip-hop and everything else wasn't offered um or if it was it wasn't really part of uh the major or getting you towards that degree um right and really everything else was like an elective if it wasn't ballet or modern um cool. And it's still semi like that, but of course we've made um, progress in changing how that looks. Um, but yeah, realizing like, I'm one of the only like, I'm trying to remember like my graduating class, maybe like 10, like it's not a big like cohort, but like 10 people of color. Right. Um, yeah, so like, again, talking to different people um, and then reflecting on like, wow, this wasn't as good um, as I thought it was after reflecting um, right. and not wanting other students to have those same feelings um, right. and not wanting them to feel like they don't have a community. Um, whether it's with other students or faculty. Um, yeah, so a big, a big part of what I do in general, as you know, is giving support to others. Um, so right. really, really wanting to like have a support system for other like students of color that were gonna be in the program um, because it is a great program, but like lots of things, it has its, has its problems. Um, right. And again, the educational system. <laughs> right. Right. Not for us. See, uh, not for us, no. I want to bring it to the plate also. Um, and again, people, me and Michael are close. Like, he's one of my very close friends and someone that I love dearly. So we've had these conversations. So if you're, like, feeling like I'm about to, what I'm about to say is, like, oh, my God. It's, like, we've had these conversations. Um, you are a light-skinned, mixed-race Black person who is racially ambiguous inside of the university setting that also makes you safer and dangerous at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, it, it, let's just call it what it is. Um, 
So you, you mentioned about being cast and things. And yes, you work your butt off. I know that for a fact. So that is not to say that you don't work your butt off. And we also know that it, when, when it comes down to black males, whiteness, white women specifically, tend to open the door a little bit wider for reasons of, I want to save you, for reasons of, it is, I, I'm sexually drawn to you and all of these things. Um, and I just bring that into play to like thinking about the school system, thinking about the the, the ideas of the university system also. Um, we both work at the university. We both teach in a dance department. And even conversations, I am darker than you. And I can feel the difference in conversation depending on who mm -hmm. I'm talking to and who's talking to me um, as opposed to you. And it's not a like, I'm, we are on the same page. So I don't oh, want yeah, people to yeah. think like there's no jealousy. There's, that's, my, that's my love. Like you mess with my little <laughs> deal, like I'm going to kill you. So it's not that at all. But again, even moving through the students, mm -hmm. um, when I first came on board and you were coming in at the same time, there were a group of darker skinned black uh, film identified students who went through some issues with one of the professors and even how that was like spun around. And again, I'm just bringing this stuff up so that people can understand like these real conversation, especially in dance and how race plays a part of that inside of the battle scene and inside of all of that. And now you're teaching there. You were the, at the end of a student and now you're guiding these people through this practice. Um, how do you educate them to make sure that those dynamics don't play out in your classroom setting? Mm -hmm. How do you dance to do that, I should say, specifically? Um, I try to move authentically as myself. Like I said earlier, um, day one <laughs> is always like, this is what I want you to learn so that you can be more yourself. Um, right. I'm never, day one, I'm always like, I do not want you to dance like me because you can't. Um, exactly. My classes, my movement, everything, none of it is to make anybody the best dancer ever. It's so that you have more information about yourself and your body. Um, so that's like, that's how we start off classes. I'm like, we freestyle a whole lot because that's, it's hard, but that's the easiest way to see somebody mm -hmm. uh, when they're moving authentically. Um, we've said it before. I don't know who I got this from. It might've been you, it might've many talks, um, but your words can lie when you're trying to say who you are or what you're about, your body can't. Um, I think I say that often. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that's one of the things that, you know, both of us are always telling our students, right. like, we're going to give you these things. Here's the template. But who are you through this? Yeah. Um, that's, that's who we want to see. Um, and this space is a space of support and not judging somebody for being themselves. Um, right. But uplifting who they are. 
Right. You, all of these markers, so if we strip away all of the markers of your identity that, that we put on you, who is Michael O'Neill Jr.? And what, how has dance allowed you to discover that? Ooh. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I think I'm just somebody that wants to learn um, more about themselves and just the world and other people in general. Um, <laughs> constantly trying to learn and be better than I was the day before. Um, but I, I think the main reason is like, so I have a deeper sense of self um, mm -hmm. and who I am and what I want to put out to other people. Um, yeah. Mm. And to support, yeah, also just to support people. Like, I like to help folks. <laughs> I think, like, you're very logical. You're very um, reflective. Um, you care about not only the art form, but the people engaged in that. Um, a sponge. <laughs> like, you're definitely a sponge. Like, you soak up as much as you can. And, and I mean, what people may or may not know, like, um, Michael O'Neill started out as my assistant, and I hate that word so much, but I just, he co-pilots a lot of things and a lot of projects um, that that we move through. Uh, definitely, he holds me accountable. Like, have you eaten today? Are you resting? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? I'm just like, I thought my daddy was in uh, Detroit. <laughs> But in the best way, uh, this person um, uh, holds me accountable and keeps me lifted up. The other thing, you, you, dance for you is such, such a huge language, a huge part of how you communicate and why you communicate. Um, why is that? Outside of being shy, like what else? Is it about dance that draws you in? Like I said, I think it's the expression um, and freedom, freedom for sure. Um, getting, getting lost in music um, and being conscious of it, but also not at the same time uh, is a very powerful feeling. Mm -hmm. um, as we've said before, catching the ghost, vibing out, zoning out, many different terms of, you know, that we can say. Um, one that just popped up that I've never used before is like being in harmony. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Like being, being in harmony with the music. Uh, yeah. And for myself, again, not especially with freestyle, not necessarily thinking about what I'm doing, but knowing I'm expressing myself and in some way what the artist was trying to also represent. 
um, <laughs> with their music. Because uh, for us in general, you know, you can't have the dance without the music. Um, and without music, I wouldn't be dancing. Like, right. Because I have a strong connection with music is also the reason why I dance. Mm-hmm. Because it touches different parts of myself. Um, right. Yeah. There's also the there and along with that, there's the music. I like that being in harmony. When you said that, the first thing, and you know, I talk about this a lot, is about being in harmony with ancestors and the spirits around you. Uh, uh, when you get into more social dance, dances that are coming from the community, I think that's the thing that people miss also. The spirits are, are dance is such a powerful tool because you usher in so much. Mm-hmm. Um, how it moves through your body and then the ideas of being in harmony, catching the ghost, getting lost, all of those things, like that's when something else also enters your body. That's when you're summoning things. That's when you're bringing things up. That's when uh, you have that deeper conversation with the, the faith that you believe in. It's, it's part of my belief inside of dance. Again, especially inside of social dance. Um it allows you to be pushed in a way and the idea of communication, once you're in harmony with, with the dance and the music and the ancestors, no, you cannot lie through your body. <laughs> your body will tell you the truth. Your body will bring up things that you don't want to deal with. But as soon as you start moving your body to the rhythm and the, and the movement and the, and the energy, you, you cannot lie and dance. Um, we often talk about the lack of education that happens when people are entering these dance styles. And I say that like we've been through our bouts of lack of education um, and starting to learn. What are ways that people can become more educated? And I'm talking about people that, again, they have been training and break dancing or popping or locking or house but still not understanding the deep-rooted education that happens. What, how, what are ways that people can tap into that education? Talk to people outside of your circles. Because um, I'd say a lot of circles don't have that deep education, so you can't, you're not going to get that understanding and that knowledge. Um, for street and club styles, for the majority, a lot of the elders are still here. Um, reach out to them and ask questions. Right. Um, a lot of them are very happy to like give you knowledge when you're actually seeking it for like the right reasons. Um, Google. There's many documentaries um, that are out. <laughs> right. Um, like do actual research uh like if you if you care about the culture so much learn about it learn about the people um otherwise you're probably just doing it for clout <laughs> yeah um yeah i you know it's you for me you cannot care about the culture and not care about the people that created it that allowed you 
to yes, I know you too. I'm just <laughs> I will speak for myself, but I know you feel the same. And that's the thing. It it's the culture is driven by the people and the people are driven by the culture. Like it's this thing, but you cannot dissect the people away from the culture. And again, I see my favorite saying, you want the rhythm without the blues. And when we come into black social dance, that um, any type of form of black expression, that R&B, that rhythm and that blues, they work hand in hand. They're nothing, they're not separated. And again, I think people try to separate the fact that it's like, just give me the rhythm. I don't want to deal with black bodies dying. I don't want to deal with with uh, black trans women die, dying. Give me the vogue. Don't give me the fact that black trans women created this out of a space of, of wanting to feel empowered. You know, give me the house, but don't give me the fact that house music and the culture started inside of black and Latinx gay clubs, queer clubs. So it's always it's always interesting how people are like, you know, like just want you to dance, and and then who they uphold in the ideas of history. That's also a thing. So just just putting that out there. Um, why did dance choose you? I was gonna say why did you choose dance, but I believe like dance chooses people. I think that's just that's. DNA. Um, yeah, I I believe in past lives, um, mm -hmm. and I think it's it's it was there before I was there. Um, mm. It's yeah, it's embedded in my soul. Uh, right. And once I finally found it, <laughs> like I said, once I knew, I was like, "Yeah, this is this is it. Um, this is what I <laughs> is what I got to do." Um, right, right, right. Yeah. So, in a sense, I don't fully believe in like destiny and everything being planned out. But like for me to dance, that was that was destined. Like that was predestined already. It's like you ain't got a choice. You you got to do it in some capacity, right. some way, you got to do it. Right. Um, I also wanted to acknowledge that if you want to send Majin, that's so weird calling that, because I'm always calling you Michael, um, <laughs> but if you want to send uh, them some money, some coinage, uh, their Venmo is pinned in the comments. M-O-N-E-A-L-J-R M. O'Neill Jr. at Venmo Look up Venmo, send them some coinage. <laughs> um, what is next for you? Anything percolating creatively? Mm. Utah Dance Presents. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm working <laughs> with Jen Salk um, for UW Dance Presents this year. Um, we're making something, <laughs> um, but it's stemming from uh, gifts. Um, so the dancers are making gifts for somebody important in their mm -hmm. life. Um, and then we're going to try to put it, things together somehow. Um, and Paul Matthew Moore will be making music with that. Um, all the things that, you know, we are going to be talking about. <laughs> Tomorrow. Um, that won't be online. <laughs> 
Uh, I really want to make like actual choreography to a lot of poetry that I've put in my like last couple pieces. Um, so I'm slowly starting to work on that just for, not even for like a performance, just for like an online little thing. Um, right. Besides that, I mean, trying since I have not had creative energy since before COVID. <laughs> um, black boys took it out of me again. <laughs> uh, yes. Everything leading up to that. Um, yes. And now there's like a surplus of creative energy in me. Um, making nerdy raps that is helped a lot. Um, Twitter is hilarious. Twitter, TikTok, they'll be on my Instagram. It'll be on Wednesdays, Weeb Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> just saying. Uh, but yeah, just getting back into a habit of having all my different outlets. Um, right. And that's writing poetry or nerdy raps, dancing. I still haven't fully got back into making choreography like I want to. Um, mm -hmm. It's usually just like basic foundational moves for teaching, um, but I want more like song specific movement um, that connects with the music more. Um, it isn't just moves that you can do to everything. Right. I think that's it. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> Yes. Surviving 2020 and forward because, you know. Tuesday. Things ain't going to change right away. Um, yeah. I don't Tuesday. really put it out there, but please vote, people. Right. And not. If you have not. <sighs> yes. You know. You know. Uh, before we get to the last question, um, the question you always remind me of every single time. <laughs> I will not forget. You started uh, with your fault. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, next Saturday, November 7th, we have Audra Boo on Intimate Conversations. Please check that out, 3 p.m. Um, on Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas Instagram page. Um, that is November 7th. And the day after that, November 8th, we have Humanity and Evolving Perspective, a co-production with Vanity Bynum. Uh, that is going. That's a dance series that kicks off. I believe it starts at 4 p.m. We'll have more details about that. Please look on our Instagram and our website and our Facebook page. Again, humanity and involving perspective. That is November 8th, and showing out 2020 will kick off on November 20th. Um, excited about this program. We have curated um, seven Black film artists. And trans artists, and they are across the spectrum. Dance styles, thought processes. Please check that out. That is an online event. And that is it. Um, again, it's always one of those things like we talk to each other often. So I'm just like, what do I even ask you? Like, what do we even do? Mm -hmm. But we talk to each other often. Uh, Michael O'Neill Jr. is someone that I love and trust deeply. Um, this person has, I, I met them as an awkward young lad, and I was like, who is this weird child? <laughs> um, 
But that is someone that, again, that I will fight tooth and nail for because I believe in, in them. I believe in what um, they stand for and who they are. And they have, they're filled with so much love in their heart. So follow them on the Instagrams, which is, I just had it. I don't know where it's at. What's your Instagram? Majid Mike, M-A-J-I-N-N underscore Mike, M-I-K-E. Boom, follow them on the Instagrams. I was like, I have it somewhere. <laughs> so to end it, you know the you know the question. You uh -huh. know the question that I can no longer not ask anybody. What is your joy? Yeah, I was trying to think of the answer like beforehand to make it easier. Um I mean seeing your face, of course, always is joy. Um and yeah, again, just having creative energy. <laughs> like, yeah. it's it's still overwhelming um right from not having it for so long and then having it and leaving real quick um but for it to stay here but constantly for the past two weeks and it also make me want to do millions of different things i'm like this is great and whoo okay i have time to <laughs> breathe um yeah, feeling creative again is a very, very big joy for me right now. Awesome. Awesome. I love you dearly. Love um, you I'll see you tomorrow. That's why I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Um, <laughs> is that a light ring that's in your glasses? See, I just bought one. Nice. The glow. Yeah, I bought I one. I was so resistant to these ring lights. Same. And then I used one for wrapping, and I was like, okay. <laughs> they're everything. I'm like, they're just everything. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you are welcome, Gabriella. Yes. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, this will be posted in our podcast on Spotify and also on our YouTube page. And that's it. I will see you tomorrow. I love you. And um, I will talk to you soon. Deuces. Bye, everyone.